Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2020 Reproducibility Podcast. I am Sam Parsons here in Oxford. I'm joined by Amy Auburn in Cambridge. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And Sophia Kubel in I Can't Keep Up With Your Travelling. Where are you at the minute, Sophia? I am in Berlin. Just in Berlin. Okay, back in Berlin. Cool. I find it really hard to keep up with you. You've been around everywhere. Um, so we're going to start this year by talking about, uh, in a way, mine and Sophia's start to the year in the uh, Advanced Methods in Reproducibility workshop uh, held in Windsor at the start of the year. Um, this is a, a really cool workshop, uh, largely aimed at early career researchers. We'll link all the information in the show notes. Um, Amy was the OG reproducibility attendee uh, to the workshop, what would it be, two years ago now? What is OG? Old girls? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, I, I always assume it's original gangster, but oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's me also being highly uncool. Well, you know, my 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 take was even uncooler because we have like alumni sports matches and they're called like old boys and old girls. So I thought you were like being Aww. like, you know, like old girl because like I was at, so I I I was at reproducibility uh 2 years ago as an attendee and uh, not at reproducibility oh god at, at that conf- conference slash workshop. And then I was a speaker about my experiences at it last year. And I was so... It's a relay race. It's a relay race. Yeah, it is a bit of relay. So I I had the exact same thing. So I was there last year um, as an attendee. So I got to see Amy give her like returning champion talk. Um, And then I got to come this year to do much the same as well as... uh, kind of do a bit of a hack which was good fun and Sophia was there as well so we Yay, uh, finally got to have a bit of a catch-up we we did try and sneak Amy in but I think I was I was also not gangster enough to do it <laughs> like I could have probably just turned up on the grounds and been like hey yeah exactly. he's like hello <laughs> but I was I did spend that week prepping my my open science kind of lecture course um I've posted the syllabus up online uh, but yeah, so I, I did. I did spend that that time rather wisely, I would say. Mm. So yeah, yeah. You you do your workshop, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'm 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 preparing my course, sharing the wisdom. Yeah, it, it's it's not that 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 glamorous. I think I was in my PJs for five days, <laughs> being like, crap, crap. <laughs> term starting in a week shit <laughs> but yeah um let's, shout let's... out to any of amy's students <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great syllabus and a great course so yeah um so maybe uh g- given that you were the attendee this year sophia you probably have a better view of kind of how the course went so i i only turned up on the tuesday of i think week the day three i think it was of the five or six day um so how could you just describe it for those that haven't heard of the workshop 
Sure. I mean, so like day day three of the workshop probably felt like day 15 to most of the uh, attendees. Like everyone was just saying like, ah, how is, how is it only Tuesday morning? Um, because there was so much stuff um, that, that, that we were doing. Uh, yeah, well, basically, so the workshop, the, I think the general idea of the workshop is um, to sort of give people um, a very broad insight into lots of different topics um, surrounding reproducibility. Um, well, I guess reproducibility is, well, I mean, is that the right term? Well, anyway, it's one of this like whole like open science, um, like robust science, um, movement, I guess. Um, and so, so there were a ton of really interesting lectures and workshops, um, throughout this, this week, um, that, that sort of, yeah, just gave, gave quite good introductions, um, to kind of like that you could then follow up on, I guess, um, later on. I think that's a pretty good description of, you know, a workshop. Like, there were talks, and there were many talks. Sorry, I was trying to find a way of summarizing this, but there was, I mean, maybe actually the fact that I, that I wasn't able to do that at all is a completely struggle there. It's just... Just an indication of how much stuff there was. <laughs> well, so I was I was looking at the schedule and you had like talks about using R and like pre-registration registered reports and collaboration and kind of reason for doing reproducible science. Yeah, I could have actually done given examples. That's that's a good point. <laughs> I'm just testing yeah, my like memory a, now. Hmm. And there was simulation um, like for power uh, yeah for power analyses um and stuff on systematic reviews and on collaboration at and on like the final day i think um which was really interesting as well um uh using git there was something on triangulation um on design i think i think we have enough lists now it's just everything it's <laughs> really everything it's so much it's great and but i think i think what well, so like so the, the the lectures and the workshops were fantastic and the um the speaker lineup was just insane um but i think what really made this week was yeah the 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 people that that were there um both the people who attended and the as as sort of as students i guess and the people who were, who were there as lecturers um it was a really really nice community and um we had lots of really good discussions um yeah so i think it like just brought lots of people together yeah, it's that bringing people together is a really great example of like, although you do kind of have the the speakers and the leaders and all of that kind of stuff, like there isn't really a hierarchy. Kind of everybody chats to everybody and that's awesome. Like I can kind of see how the, the draw to that kind of a workshop is kind of you get to meet this laundry list of very senior, very well-known people within open reproducible science research stuff but then you also meet this group of what 30 kind of early to mid career people and every one of them just has a really interesting story as to kind of how they how they got started their kind of perspectives on things what they've learned what you can learn from them um, and again it gets really interesting and really deep really quickly which is nice it's really good yeah um it was, it was very difficult to go to bed at a reasonable time mm. in the evenings so 
so we're recording this because I heard you had like little recording things that you recorded with yes. people. Yeah, so we, uh, one of the things that me and Sophia wanted to do was to kind of just very similar to uh, what we did in our SIPS episode, one of our first episodes, um, just kind of catch up with a load of people that were there to sort of get their perspectives on the workshop itself, but also to, in a way, introduce our listeners to this kind of group of, I, I did describe them as future leaders, but actually they're doing the work now, so they are the, the leaders, right? Um, in in kind of our, our area. Um, so yeah, so we've got uh, four awesome people who I will introduce, I guess, along with the recordings themselves. Um, we'll kind of knit them into this episode to introduce people. Um, we didn't get as many as I personally would have liked, but I think the workshop was just so packed. And even by Wednesday, I mean, I only arrived on Tuesday and I was just dead to the world by Wednesday afternoon. So I can only imagine how tired everyone else was. Um, yeah, at one really point I basically, yeah, did, you, you... I basically did a recording without recording it. And Sam got a bit mad at me for that. Because <laughs> I, I just sat around and asked, asked everyone about, their, like, about what they learned from this and uh, what their best, their biggest takeaway was. And then Sam joined and he was like, Sophia, that sounds like like we should have recorded this for the podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> just having conversations. Oh, I, I, I wasn't them. annoyed about it. It was just one of those like, there's so many great conversations that you just kind of wish you'd managed to capture for prosperity, I guess. Um, so you more or less didn't have your people. priorities right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just, <laughs> just <personal>. thinking of... <laughs> I, I am so that, disappointed. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, that's that's my take home from the course. Amy's general disappointment in me. I'm disappointed um, in everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess oh we'll God. we'll hear from from uh, all four of them shortly. Uh, Sophia, do you have like a your own particular like standout uh, experience or session or discussion from the workshop? Why are you making me choose uh, between my babies? <laughs> Um, um, yeah, no, as, as, I think, as I said, I think the, um, the, the biggest thing to me was, uh, meeting all of these, these great people, um, that joined, um, there were a ton of, uh, local reproducibility organizers as well, by the way. And we had a surge of organizers afterwards, which was, I was like, oh mm -hmm. crap, so many emails, there must be something going on. <laughs> Um, so I was doing my bit at the at the the back end um, kind of admin side, but yeah, we now have. I guess we can. Yeah, you probably actually did more work than us in fairness. We can announce, and I have announced this over multiple channels that we now have a better sign up process for reproducibility. So if you want to uh, join Ooh. the club, start your own, uh, you can now do that over a handy web link uh, because we have some amazingly talented reproducibility team members of the core organizing team like matt shout out to matt <laughs> yeah. yeah uh like awesome. matt um who exactly is, everyone's like matt <laughs> matt <laughs> um who with dedication has um yeah created this sign up link and we're still kind of working on the website a bit um like we are yeah 
not funded so it's all a bit uh buggy but that's mainly because yeah we we just need to put some more work in not because of matt's lack of talent um but yeah i just wanted to put that out there um because yeah so yeah so now hundreds of people can sign up at once and like it's not gonna burst my inbox uh so yeah yeah well that's something that we should mention as well is that for like until this point you've been handling all of the like new journal clubs and it's not a it's not a trivial task it's kind of it is a huge amount of your time that's gone into that i think um, it, it's matt and my time because uh, we we had well like at the beginning it was me handling all the submissions and like i was trying to keep track of them and then like you know we started becoming ever more popular and you're like you can't keep track of like people's addresses and their emails and who got sent a welcome pack and who got sent stickers and so we then created this like markdown version of the sign up so people would fill in a markdown file with all their details so more or less they would email me i would email them being like please fill out this markdown file i would add them to the slack i would add them to the osf matt would add their markdown file to the website and then i would send them stickers um, and now we've kind of automated that. So every, you don't need to fill out the markdown file. You can fill out the stuff on the website. So the only thing we still need to do at the moment is update like the map, which Sophia has been doing, update the list in the front of the website. And I still need to send stickers. And I'm kind of losing track stickers. of, I'm really losing track of who I said stickers to. So like I, I need to find a better way. Um, but yeah, I you know, scaling problems. When you have four journal clubs, certain things work but then once you've got 60 plus certain things stop working uh but yeah i should i've now made this journal club about my admin issues i mean this this recording oh god (laughs) (laughs) please sophia tell me something about the workshop instead no, I no, I, th- I, th- I think I think we should. Like, the main takeaway is, um, if you want to join, now is the time. Yes, now is the time. Um, and now, now, now it's going to be like no one's going to sign up anymore. We're going to stay, stay exactly this number. <laughs> it's like I missed the personal touch of emailing Amy directly. Still, you still have to email me directly at first point of contact because then I can I can only send the link with the password. So you, you still I still need to send a couple emails, but it is nice also to see kind of you know people do have questions and the initial emails is a time when we can discuss certain issues or i can say kind of where on the slack you can post a question and and people can then answer it so um we could have made it that there's no point of contact but i thought it was important to kind of have at least at least one bit of personal contact um, yeah to let people ask questions to make sure they're not bots yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I guess maybe just very, very quickly before we uh, kind of play the recordings. Um, so I guess my my big take home from from the workshop is how how well it can work when you have a group of kind of enthusiastic, motivated, intelligent people kind of grouping together to work on solutions. Um, so kind of shout out to two projects that actually emerged from the workshop. Um, so there's the open research events calendar, uh, which you can find at open research cal on Twitter. Um, so this is a, a Google calendar, um, that you can access to 
find a load of open science reproducibility related events, you can add your own. Um, there's a lot of useful information on the Twitter page, but that's to me a great example of this kind of kind of in a way small scale tool, but also like a really big scalable useful thing to help kind of pull people together. Um, and I'll, I'll put in the show notes the people that have been working on that. Um, another group that I kind of hope are going to help people are working on a kind of CV template to sort of help uh, those of us that also want to highlight our kind of open reproducible research efforts in, in CVs, which aren't particularly uh, kind of customized or optimized for kind of highlighting stuff like data sharing, pre-registration, uh, kind of all the cool stuff that should count as research outputs, but often get missed when you only look at the publication list, for example. So that's kind of another thing that I really hope will kind of help, especially the early career people, because... And if any listeners have any any input input for that, we should definitely put uh, a link to Lucia's tweet or something in the show notes. Yes, I will do that in the show notes. Um, there are a couple of other projects that are working on, but I just wanted to kind of highlight those two, and we'll maybe, for the for other projects as they emerge, we could get people on as guests and do all cool stuff like that. Cool. I want to listen to the audios. I want to listen to the audios. We'll save the listener having to listen to the next two minutes of me fumbling through finding a document to get everybody's names right and Amy's increasing displeasure at my ineptitude. Um, for now, we'll hear from Rob Tebut, uh, Kelly Lloyd, Jeff Randani, and Pamela Jacobson. All of their Twitter handles are going to be in our show notes. And now, let's hear their hero story. I'm Robert Tebow. I'm a postdoc in Bristol uh, working on my research and I got into open science for a few different reasons. I guess one of the first things was the first data set I collected. I analyzed it in two different ways and got two different results, but was told that I can't submit both analyses because nobody will ever publish that. Um, and then the second thing that really pushed me to get into open science was, was working in the field of neurofeedback and I got really interested in uh, using this technique for uh, helping people with ADHD, depression, any other condition, and all I could find was positive results. The more I looked, the more positive results I found, so I thought it was surely a useful technique. And then when I really looked at the literature systematically, I realized that the absence of null results was probably due to the experimental designs not being top, maybe selective reporting, uh, and then some double-blind randomized control studies started coming out, and they showed that, indeed, the effect was likely driven by placebo. So those are the two kind of main things that drove me the, towards more robust science, more reliable science. Nice. And so why are you uh, at this workshop now? Um, at this workshop now, I kind of try to solidify my skills and knowledge across reproducible science and open science, because this is kind of something I'm now an advocate for as a postdoc in the topic itself, uh, and meeting people working on these things and collaborating and all that, of course. And um, what are your biggest takeaways uh, from the week so far? Biggest takeaways? Well, one, there's a lot you can do, and it's not worth trying to do everything. <laughs> um, and doing bit by bit is enough. Um, and there's things that we need 
you know, journals or funders or institutions to get on board, but there's also things we can do individually and doing them, doing the things we can do ourselves while also trying to push for change at a more uh, institutional level or other level. We can do both in parallel and we might as well. Anything else about your funds? <laughs> didn't know I had that. <laughs> Do I have some secret fan base you didn't tell me? Is this every time you record me, you just... <laughs> um, nothing else to tell my fans at the moment. Introduce yourself to our listeners and then give us your open science origin story. I'm Kelly and I'm a first year PhD student from the University of Leeds. Um, my background is psychology, but I'm currently in the Leeds Institute of Health Sciences. And my origin of getting into open science was that I was doing my master's last year and I had no clue on anything to do with open science. But my supervisor recommended me a book, which was Chris Chambers' book, Seven Deadly Sins of Psychology. So that's completely my first exposure to any of it, and I just could not believe the scandal of it all. Um, that led to me taking part in setting up Reproducibility Journal Club at the University of Leeds. And I've also been helping with a decoration to improve medical science, to make it more transparent, because a lot of these issues are more... At the literature show, focuses more on psychology. And there are similar discussions in medicine, but it's trying to sort of take steps with that as well and kind of bring it into the open science movement. No. <laughs> okay. cool. So why, why, why are you at the workshop now? Um, again, my supervisor sent me the link to this workshop. <laughs> I was actually, he sent me the link. Like a great supervisor. Yeah, yeah. he is. Um, he sent me a link over summer actually and I remember just before I started my PhD and I remember I wanted a break and I didn't want to look at my emails at all came back on the 1st of October and I was, saw this workshop that he sent and I was like this looks amazing and the deadline then was in like five days <laughs> I was like great gotta get an application together and I think I've been working in a lot of isolation in reproducibility apart from the journal club which was great to meet like minded people so it was just amazing opportunity to come together and learn more about the open science movement and just meet other researchers in this area. And what are your biggest takeaways from this week so far? There is a massive breadth of what you can do in open science and it's kind of like, you shouldn't feel overwhelmed that you have to sort of change all your research practices and do everything right now. Just sort of look at what you can change and do it step by step. So I've already started pre-registering my studies and I'd quite like to move on to register reports. I'm trying to learn R, but I'm very new. So a lot of this R stuff does go over my head, but it's step by step, I will get there. Thank you. Anything, anything to tell your fans that you haven't told them yet? My new single comes out in August. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not kidding. I'm not joking. <laughs> Pop star on the side. <laughs> Alright, can you introduce yourself to us and give us your origin story? Um, yeah, um, my name is Jave and I'm a PhD student at Trinity College Dublin. Um, so I work in neuroimaging and it is incredibly hard to reproduce neuroimaging studies for obvious reasons. 
Um, so the more I read, the more I find inconsistency. So for example, it is highly possible that if you read 10 papers um, about functional connectivity, three of them will show increased connectivity in kids, three others which should decreased connectivity and the rest might show no change. And then when you try to do your own work or your own uh, experiments, you don't really know which paper to trust because you don't really know which one did the best experiment. Um, so that's one part of the story. And the second part is when you get significant results, there could be many things which could influence that results. Um, there are a lot of inconsistency in the way they correct for those significant results. Um, and I found it really difficult to understand how I could write a literature review when most studies I was reading, they did not agree. And uh, that's why I decided that I should learn more about open science, understand more about the problems and also come up with the solutions that could help me to do my PhD in a more consistent and robust way. Um, and what brought you to come and launch for this workshop? Um, so the first reason was my PhD in Trinity. She is a big driver for open science. And actually one of the components for my interview during the PhD was uh, about doing my PhD in an open science way. So she asked for my thoughts about it. Um, so when she found out there was this workshop, she encouraged me to come. Um, so yeah, I, I decided that I wanted to, to meet more people um, to talk about open science, not necessarily in your imagination, but across a whole um, spectrum of discipline. Um, so I think I was quite lucky to be part of this class of 2020, met so many different people from uh, Germany, from Netherlands, from Canada, um, <laughs> which helped a lot, uh, and also learn from them. So, yeah. Nice. And so, what, what are your biggest takeaways from that learning experience? Um, I think the first takeaway is I saw that people like me, they were trying to understand uh, the problems. Uh, that we all know exist, but also they were trying to do something to improve uh, the future generation. So, for example, we know that publication pairs exist, we know that selective reporting exists, but what can we do now? Um, so I was quite happy to see that um, because eventually we want to create a reproducibility journal club in Trinity, in Dublin because there are none in Dublin. Um, so we wish to to translate whatever we've learned from here and bring into Dublin. And the second reason, uh, well, the second takeaway is I use R, but I never knew that R had so much potentials. So now I'm going to, for example, use R Markdown to do my own reports and graphs. And hopefully my supervisor will be happy. And uh, do you have anything that your fans should know still that you haven't <laughs> told them yet? 
Well, just follow me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right, and what's your handle? <laughs> uh, so it's <laughs> it's uh, J Ramjani. So J R A M D U N Y. Or you can follow me on Instagram. Mm. Um, so hi, I'm Pamela Jacobson, um, so I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm a lecturer in the Department of Psychology at the University of Bath. Um, so my research and clinical practice is in psychological therapies for people with psychosis. So um, I'm not quite sure what my origin story is. I think, um, I think I had, I've had an experience of um, not doing... Uh, not doing things in the best way and finding that quite a negative and stressful experience but then having a positive experience when I realised there were other ways of working so I think it was definitely kind of a gradual process so um, I remember making um, a particular mistake in this analysis once we'd already submitted the paper and then you know the senior person on the paper kind of saying oh the ends are wrong and then I realised um, I'd made a mistake and I had included these participants who should have been excluded um, so it's a very simple mistake, but I still remember that like, I just felt absolutely terrible and I felt this huge um, sense of kind of shame and guilt and I'm a terrible scientist. And I was very lucky in that actually my my kind of um, uh, supervisors were very supportive and we were able to correct the mistake. But it was, a, it was a very simple mistake and it could have been prevented if I had been working in the way that I now want to work in. So um, I remember thinking at that time, well, I never want to do this again. I never want to kind of feel in this position where I've made this mistake because I just couldn't, I didn't know what I was doing and I couldn't reproduce what the script was and where I'd made the error. Um, and then actually I, um, I think I got more into these principles when I uh, did my research fellowship because I was working on a clinical trial and I actually think there's lots of really good practice in, in clinical trials and things like having to write your protocol in advance and we published that um, in advance of starting recruitment which was my first experience of kind of pre-registration even though I didn't really know to call it that. Um, even just things like, you know, oh, actually writing the entire analysis plan before you literally start recruiting um, and then I, you know, got really into sort of looking at um, clinical trials registries and how that can help with preventing kind of outcome switching and all these kind of things. So I think um, a lot of the things I learned then, um, I'm kind of, uh, you know, then incorporated into other areas of my work which aren't necessarily trials. Cool. That's an origin story. Oh, is it? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, I wasn't like bitten by a spider. Or yeah, but you know, I mean, we're talking about people who are interested in science, not superheroes. Well, well. I mean, kind of the same thing, yeah. but yeah. the superheroes yeah. do need the... Yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, but it was like, anyway. how, why are you here now? Um, so I can't even remember how I saw this uh, advertised. I think it was probably on Twitter. Um, so I, I was very lucky. I got to do a symposium with Marcus Manafu and Chris Chambers at a big psychology conference at Bath in September, actually. Um, and I'd heard Chris talk before, actually. Um, I'd heard Hannah Hobson talk before and registered report. So basically, every time I hear any of these people talk, like they're always absolutely brilliant and they're so clear. And uh, you know, I always think, oh, you know, this is absolutely the kind of scientist I want to be. And they're so great in their communication and in their passion as well. Um, so when I kind of saw this timetable kind of filled with all these fantastic names, I was like, oh, I definitely want to, <laughs> definitely want to come along. So um, yeah, it's been fantastic. And what are your biggest takeaways from this week's Oh gosh. So I think. Um, I think mainly that 
you can't do everything by yourself. <laughs> so actually it's about um, finding people who are smarter than you and like getting them to help you. So um, so I really want, so one of my kind of goals for the week, I was like, oh, I really want to like learn how to do data simulation to help me write an analysis script because I've never done that before. So having had a few sessions now, I kind of still feel like I just couldn't do it on my own and I don't, wouldn't really know where to start. But then I got thinking, well, there are definitely people who are much more expert R users than me in my department. So actually, rather than just kind of struggling or feeling I can't even give it a go, what I need to do is like go and buy them a cup of tea and a bun and um, just have a go. So I think it's about like finding smart people who can kind of fill the gaps that you don't have. Um, so I think I'll try and get better at that because I think there is this kind of, um, uh, I think we get trained badly to kind of think like, especially as a psychologist, this idea that oh, you have to do like everything yourself and you're, you know, you have to know the clinical area and you have to know the design and you have to know how to collect data and you have to know how to analyze it. And, Actually, I don't think anybody can be completely expert at all those things. Thank you. Um, and yeah, do you have anything to, to tell your fans or enemies? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so fans and enemies can, can also follow me on Twitter at Pamela C. <laughs> Interesting question choice, Sophia. Um, but your interviewing oh, skills aside, <laughs> hint, hint. Um, no, this was... <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, just fire in there with an unne unnecessary slam on Sophia. It's amazing. <laughs> I think we should end every interview like that. Like, what friends. message do you have for your enemies? Yeah. Isn't there a song, like, a song to my... I don't know. I'm trying to... Yeah, well, no. I think I, I, I loved hearing these interviews. Um, like, it's crazy to see kind of the diverse talent in the in the science community um so yeah no thank you so much guys for taking the time to record this um yeah no and it, it and sophia i i i i am um, i i hold your interview scheme um <laughs> i hold your interview skills in very it's, it's high right, esteem <laughs> to be fair i did i so i i, I did say I, I did tell them in advance about the main questions and then i just threw the other one in because i was like feeling i don't know i was feeling a bit trolly so I told them all the questions <laughs> and then I just curveballed because that's how I, I, know, I, was just like, I just felt like I wanted to give another space to say stuff that maybe they wanted to say, but then, you know, didn't. I think what I like about these like mini snippet interviews is it's kind of, it really meets what we're trying to do with this podcast and kind of highlighting the very early career people that we sort of feel like you should be watching out for because they're going to be doing big things. Um, so it's kind of nice to just capture little little snippets of that whenever we can. Though I wish we'd, go, we'd gotten everyone to uh, to tell, tell us something about themselves. Yeah, I think I, I attempted to be inspirational and say something along the lines of, if you don't feel like you're kind of suitable for this, then you're exactly the sort of person that we want to be recording, and I don't think that helped somehow. Yeah, at one at one at one point, I was basically I was basically telling someone like, "No, you definitely should go." And he's like, "No, I don't think I feel comfortable." I was like, "Oh, but that's perfect." <laughs> and I was like, "Actually, no. Wait, Sophia, what are you doing?" So I apologized, and it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's great, and there there'll be more people that will catch up with um, in the future from the workshop, and we're going to be trying to kind of feature many, many more uh, awesome early career researchers over the course of the the next year, I guess. 
So if you have any suggestions for awesome early career people that we should feature on the podcast, do do reach out. Um, call, call us. us. <laughs> call us. Join us. Join us. <laughs> well, no, that, that creepy <laughs> ending aside. Um, <laughs> Anything else to tell your it's... fans or enemies, Sam? Uh, I. It's a bad I, question. I, I, I'm so sorry. You're so right, Amy. <laughs> well, I know. I know what to. I think what we should tell them now is, uh, thank you for listening to our podcast episode, um, and we hope you turn turn in tune in uh, for the next couple of episodes. Uh, yeah. Thank you.